The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. There is a sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 201. Today's date is Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're out there in the chat live with us, go ahead and say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do say something. If you're watching a replay or listening in podcast form, remember that the uh, the conversation doesn't have to stop. Go ahead and utilize those comment sections below, and we'll get uh, get those questions answered or comments or whatever it is. We will see that. If you would like to get a question answered or comment read or whatever, obviously you can tag one of us that's in the chat uh, in the panel, or you can super chat. We don't ask for them. We don't encourage them. But if you do decide to super chat, all super chats go towards sending care packages downrange to our troops overseas. So that being said, uh, if you'd like to call in, yes, you can call into the show or text into the show by using the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends at sportsmansguide.com. That number is down below scrolling. It is 578. If you're a veteran, really anyone, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole and you are starting to think that the darkness is consuming you and you don't can't find the light or you're questioning if there is light out there anymore, first of all, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I'm always around. I can't give you medical advice, but I can probably sure as hell be a pretty decent ear and maybe talk you through some stuff. But if you are looking for someone that can send you towards medical help and all of that, please remember two things. One, you're not alone. You've got a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are willing to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline. That number is 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. As always, we'll be spotlighting the United States Marine Corps. If you want to find out more information on what it takes to earn the title of United States Marine, check out the website, marines.com. And as always, we are a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. It is a great uh, site that has a lot of your favorite podcasts over there, that are pro-gun, pro-2A, pro-freedom podcasts. So go check out selfdefenseradio.net. Take this off of my ugly mug. And uh, before we send some shout-outs out there, uh, like I said, if you're out there, say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do. If you're new to the show, new to the channel, make sure uh, that you let us know where you're from, and we'll give you a shout-out as well. But uh, before we do all that, let's uh, bring in our good buddy from the great state of Texas, the tactical virus, I mean, um, Leprechaun himself. What's up, Clove? How you doing, bud? Yo, man. What's happening? I don't know. I'm good, man. I'm just tired. I'm tired. It's, you know, this is the this is the uh, kicking the balls part of the, the yeah. year for me. So, you know. The dog days of summer, so to speak. 
the dog days of summer is just a kick in the nuts, man. But uh, no, it's good. It's not. It could be a lot worse, you know. Yeah. yeah. I could not have a job and not be able. This is true. Can pay bills and all of that stuff. So um, yeah, until the day that YouTube and my ship comes in on YouTube and I start making like Yankee and Eric money uh, or Clover money. Yeah, right. Um, and, uh, I'll be I'll be having a day job. Well, you so. hit three million uh, views. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> we all know that you're getting about fifty dollars a thousand ad revenue. So you know, yeah. a little bit of division, uh, multiplication there, and you can do the math and figure out how much money you made. So I, I get it. I get it. Okay. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, sure. I, I'm making I make a lot of money on YouTube. No, I was kind of weird. It's one of those things that popped up on email yesterday. I had no idea that I was coming up on it. I was like, what the hell? And I saw it like, oh, that's pretty cool. I had no yeah. idea. I had no idea where I was, but uh, I put it out there. And then I saw a little bit later, I guess, you crossed the $2 million. Yeah, I'm uh, glad you did that. I knew I was getting close to the $2 million. Yeah. Uh and uh, after I seen yours, I, it reminded me. I was like, "Oh snap! I wonder where I'm at." And I went and looked, and you know, I passed up two million on like the tenth or eleventh or something in July. Yeah. So, a couple of weeks back. There you go. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, let's say hey to everybody out there real quick, and we'll give the notification. Hey. Hi, hi, I rock your world. So you got G23 out there. We got Buck, the gun-loving grandpa. She got to shoot with Buck over the weekend. It was great to see him again. Carolina EDC reviews. What's up, homie? Let's see here. Uh, G23 was saying he got, uh, yesterday, I guess he got the package from Mean Arms, an endo mag, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, off the X is out there. What's up, Lance? I'll see him tomorrow, tomorrow night. We've got a board meeting tomorrow, so. I'll see him. Uh, let's see here. Having a nice little conversation. Guns and barbecues out there. Uh, Gunpowder beauty. Hello, sweetheart. Keith Gregory, my favorite squids out there. What's up, squid? Andrew Carmichael. Patrick J. Phillips. What's up, Patrick? He's over on the Facebook side. I want to give some love out to the Facebook side. Uh, TJ's out there. You see TJ. I want to say thank you to TJ and all of my, my channel members and patrons over there. Um, appreciate it. But TJ, you see his name in a different color with crayons and all that stuff that lets you know that he is a channel member. Rod Gates. What up all? What's up? Home diggity. Good friend. Rod Gates. Rod's going to have some interesting uh, things coming down the line. So be nice. Jim Rawls is out there. Yeah. Jim Rawls is out there. It's his first time listening live. Thanks for the podcast. I listen often. Hey, man. Thanks for always listening. Welcome to the dark side of the cesspool that is the live chat. Feel free to go ahead and comment. So I'm not. So I'm not seeing the chat. Did you say Jim Rawls? Like Lou Rawls? Jim Rawls? Jim Rawls, except it's R A U L S. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You say he listens a lot, but uh, first time listening live. Like I said, uh, welcome to the test pool that is. Mm-hmm. Stephen Crumley out there says, unless you're a communist, I don't know what that's coming from, but uh, eh, I guess it could fit for a lot of things. A lot of things could go with that comma, unless you're a communist, you know? Now, so, you don't offer refunds, right? I'm just, just saying. For what? For, you know, for joining live and 
Oh yeah, no. Once you're here, you got to stay. I mean, yeah. you might as well stay because once you come in the door, there's no re-entry, uh, and, and your uh, money's moving. So you might as well just if you're here, you might as well stay here to the end. Just saying. Right, right. <laughs> I think I said Carmichael's out there. Um, I said him earlier. Uh, let's see here. Uh, my thing just skipped on me. Gotta love that. Uh, Spencer Erickson says, "Call the Vet Crisis Hotline. They always are there, twenty four seven, three sixty five. That's correct. Um, That's good feedback. Veteran Crisis Hotline. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where, um, yeah, don't be afraid. Drop the ego. You know, and a lot of time, that's what it comes down to. Is most most warriors don't ever want to admit that they've got issues." Um, they don't want to admit that. And I get that. That's, that's the ego. That's the pride. Um, but I promise you, you're not the only person that's ever gone through shit. Uh, there's a lot of people that have been there. Uh, what's that old story? I tell the story all the time, but you know, a guy falls into a hole and he's yelling up to the ground saying, Hey, somebody help throw me a ladder, throw me a rope or something. Next thing you know, is a dude jumps down there with me. He says, what, what, right. what the hell are you doing? He's like, now we're both stuck. And he goes, yeah, but I've been here before and I know the way out. Yep. Same, same thing. So, Absolutely. Uh, we're always here to help. T23 says he's new here. Sure he is. <laughs> uh, Rob's out there, New York Outcast. What's up, home diggity? Drew. Drew is out there from Mean Arms. So he's on the Facebook side. On the Facebook side, that's all good. What's going on, bro? Uh, Rich White, the 1% out there. G23 says, I'm still under 2,000 views, I believe. Probably not. Probably not. I doubt that very seriously. Andrew says, it's 25 degrees here. It's too hot. I may die. Huh? Andrew, where are you from? Maybe he's talking Celsius. I don't want to hear I don't know. Where are you from? And uh, I'd like to know. Uh, now, Ozzy, interesting, is over on the... Facebook side, he says bark, so I'm going to say boo. They don't allow barking on Facebook, I didn't think. I don't think so. Don't that was against the policy over there. Ooh, now Rob says he's trying to to pass a a kidney stone. That's not good. Oh, that's the worst pain ever. I'm lucky I never had one, but I know people that have it. I've heard that it is not fun. Yeah, I've never never before... No, and I'm a bit of a sissy. I'll admit to it, but I, um, I've never had pain before that was so intense that all you could do was like throw up and then eventually dry heave. That, that's it. I mean, that's yeah. the only thing. I mean, it literally put you into convulsions like that. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Now Rich is going old Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. So. <laughs> If, if we if we combine that and what you like to say, especially on Thursday night, saying it's closing time, you, you, you I don't you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Can't stay here. That's right. But then you go and stay. You can check out any time, but you can never leave. Which one would you rather have? Would you rather have you can you got to go, but you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, or you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. What would you rather have? Uh, I want you to go home so I don't, or get right. out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. So you don't want them there forever. All right. Yeah, I hear you. Mario's out there. Uh, let's see here. 
going down, going down. See if I missed anything. I don't know if I missed anything. It looks like uh, just having a good conversation. Lance says that uh, he has three kidney stones of fear and pain. Hope it passes soon. Yeah. Uh, he has on now? No, I think he's had. He's had, had okay. three kidney stones. Okay. Yeah, I don't have the chat up, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Cobain didn't kill himself. I would tend to probably agree with you on that. Now, Andrew said he's in Scotland. Gold's country. There you go. Did you all dressed up for nothing. Uh, raw devil dog, my buddy Kagan. Simper Gumby, my friend. Simper Gumby. Um, yeah, Scotland. Scotland. My family uh, was from Scotland, Ireland, and then other side was probably German. So. Right. Uh, Kagan comes back and says Epstein didn't kill himself. I think <laughs> not. <You> know. <laughs> so if you guys have been keeping up over on the Twitter polls, so so, so that's a matter of perspective, right? Well, that, that's true. That's true. Once as well. you get yeah. involved with those people, then yeah. could you really <laughs> say that you had no part in it? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Once you have sold your soul, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> right. Right. You know? <laughs> right. So, so kind of in a way. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. And, 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 and I hate to say that, but you're right. Um, once you sell your soul, you've pretty much um, taken care of what's going to happen. It's just a matter of when at that right. time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, New York Outcast says she thinks that Courtney Love did and Danier confessed in her album. Yeah, um, that I tend to, I tend to lean that way. I do too. I, I, um, Jesus, he comment because of his as my shirt. I, I figured that I, I'm not the smartest crayon in the box, but I ain't the dullest either. Um, no, but uh, not only top on top of the, the her album and a couple songs. There was a documentary that they had. Um, I think it was on Netflix or Prime or wherever. It was one of them I watched last year. And it was a um, a private investigator. I want to say that actually Courtney Love initially hired to find out what was going on. And he's going through all of this stuff. And he's starting to think this isn't adding up. And he starts asking her like poignant questions and it gets really, really weird. He's recorded all of the conversations, the phone calls, the everything he's recorded it all. It's a really cool one. Um, and it, which again, all documentaries and all that stuff, they, they, they have an agenda. Let's be honest, but this one, it, it's definitely strange. It's definitely, definitely strange. So yeah. Anyways, um, so if you guys have been watching the, the different polls that we've got going over on Twitter and on Instagram and here on YouTube, um, we're going to talk a little bit, have to have, have some fun tonight and talk a little bit about maybe some of the best guns and not just handguns. We'll go into all of them in the last decade um, because, you know, we, we talk, we don't talk about, it. we talk the opposite, but a lot of people talk about the lack of innovation in the industry and, and all of that stuff. And there has been some really innovative things that come out in the last 10 years. And um, obviously it's probably the decade of the subcompact, the decade of the AR 15 
you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, interesting things that have happened in the last decade that have kind of overtaken it, but there's been some great guns out there that people might've forgotten about. So we'll kind of go into that. Andrew says the Dulles is the white crayon. See, I, I, I kind of think it's the gray because the gray doesn't know what it wants to be. It really doesn't know what it wants to be. You know, they've got so many crayons nowadays. They do. I was in, what was it? Dollar tree the other day. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was in Walmart and they had literally, I mean, when you used to draw people as a kid, right? You never could get the right skin shade. Mm-hmm. You never could. Yep. Now they have literally a whole box of crayons. That is skin shades. Like literally it's different shades of skin. Those yep. colors from white, pasty white to a little yellowish tint to a little red to the browns to the, you know, um, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, now, Jesse out there says, uh, your favorite crayon ghost, if you eat purple crayons, they're called grape crayons, first of all. They're not purple. Called grape crayons. Um, is that considered cannibalism? Um, no, not at all. Not at all. But thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. Jason Ewing says, howdy, everybody. Howdy, Jason. Um, so over on the... Uh, on the uh, YouTube, we put out a, a poll yesterday, and there's been let's update this real quick. But uh, no Z, just a poll. Polls, yeah, polls. Uh, oh, Lucy strikes out there. I've seen. Uh oh, what's up, Lucy? Lucy out there. At least he put something this time. Ricardo right. puts a ten dollars super chat. Says, "Hey everyone." At least he said something. Usually he doesn't even say hi. He just puts it out there, and that's a way to get you know. I'll Ron Burgundy, whatever it's on there, I will read. Just saying, um, for the most part. Um, but yeah, over on on YouTube, we put out a poll yesterday. Got right now, it has five hundred and sixty-two votes. And I said, and, and once again, we could go and have a list of a hundred of them, but I just picked five. They only allowed me five choices. And I said, of these, what is the best handgun of the last decade? And right now, at thirty, leading at thirty-eight percent is the Sig P365, coming in at second place with twenty-five percent is the M&P Shield, coming in in third place with fifteen percent is the CZ Shadow Two, coming in at fourth place with twelve percent is the HK VP9, and coming in in fifth place with nine percent of the vote is the Walther PPQ. Now, once again, I know that that could go a long list. I actually have people saying, what, no Glocks? There have been some great Glocks that come out in the last decade, the 42, the 43, the 40, uh, 44. I don't know if it's great or not, but uh, there, there's been a lot of them that um, you know have been come out in the last decade. And I honestly, I went by sales. Those were the top five selling guns of the last 10 years that were introduced in made public the last 10 years obviously a glock 19 and some other ones cz 75 and breda 92s are gonna sell like crazy no matter when they are but they were not released in the last 10 years so we went with those so i want to kind of start with you and say okay of these five vp9 the ppq the p365 the shield and the cz shadow 2 of those five what do you think the best handgun is of those 
read them to me again. Read them to me one so we got the, eight, the oh, you're breaking up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Okay. The HK VP9, mm-hmm. Walther PPQ. Right. The SIG P365. Right. The MMP Shield. Right. And the CZ Shadow 2. Those are so, those are all crazy different handguns. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know. so you like, it's like, it's like pick your best favorite fruit. You want an apple or a, but not your favorite apple, but you know, pick your favorite fruit. Got a right. banana and an apple over here and a peach and a plum and a, sure. it's like, holy Moses. Um, so I probably lean toward the CZ, honestly. Um, okay. you know, if you're talking about best built, uh, probably the best trigger, uh, being, uh, being, uh, Hammer fired. Um, so it's kind of in a different league, I think, than anything else that you mentioned. Now, putting it on a shelf by itself. Um, sure. Man, the Walther and the and the HK are really close, but I think the Walther's a little bit cheaper. And honestly, I don't think, considering it's cheaper MSRP, I don't know that the, v, the uh, HK is worth the price difference, quite honestly. There you go. Okay. Yeah. If, if I had to pick, I think it would come down between the PPQ and the VP nine. I actually go the VP nine. Um, that's just one of, and I love everything about the PPQ, but something about that VP nine, man, first time I ever shot that thing and put it in my hand, I was like, it felt like a well, glove. And I was like, Oh my God, it's beautiful. It feels great. But yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with any of the five of them. But yeah, uh, yeah I'd probably go of those five. I'd probably well, the, go VP nine. Given given money not being a budget, money yeah. not being an option, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would go VP nine too. Um, better overall when you factor in MSRP. That's that's when I go Walther. Absolutely. Um, yeah. One thing about that VP nine is the way that the the, the modular grip and all on it, and the way mm-hmm. all of that. The not just the back straps, but sides and sides. Yep. Just like every, it's got all kind of things you can, <laughs> like Legos or whatever you can change on it. Yeah, it's it's a great one. And that, like I said, there could have been the three twenty could have been on. I mean, there's been there's been a lot of great guns. So now, just kind of throw it out there. Not taking those five of the last decade that you can come up with whether you shot them at a shot show or an industry event or you own them or you just shot whatever shot them. Do you have, is there a handgun? I want to say handgun, whether it's revolver or pistol, is there a handgun that sticks out in your mind? That is probably your favorite. Don't worry about price and all that. Just shooting it. What's your favorite gun that's come out in the last decade that you remember shooting? It's a good one. Oh, hey, I'm here to ask the tough questions. Got all the hard questions. Yeah. Golly, there's so many. Whichever one is in my hand at any given time, that's kind of the way I, I am, unfortunately. But, um, man, I don't know. That's correct. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we got to handle some 
uh, what was that? That what was that SAR race gun? Remember that one? Oh, that SAR. Um, Holy Moses, that thing was yeah. cool. Can't remember what they called that thing, but yeah, that was pretty sweet. That was cool, and then the one that uh, went out of business, uh, but everybody was all crazy about. Remember that one? There for like two years, and then it went out of business. Somebody out there in the chat's going to name it right away, and I can't even think of the name of it. Oh, you're talking about um, came out about night what nineteen or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, What was that? I remember that. It was the craze. It was expensive. It was. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I just can't remember. Now, nothing special, but the um, the 686 Performance Center. uh, You know those, and I mean. Anytime you go to a range event with Smith and Wesson, they're going to have those out there. That's kind of a staple for them. But man, six eighty six performance centers are sweet. Uh, yeah, why can I not think of the the net flutter out there? Says Sphinx, and no, it's not no, even in the it's close to the same realm as the Sphinx. Way more higher end than that. What the heck is that thing? <sighs> Sean Pottery bought one, I think. Uh, yeah, there was makes me mad. I can't, I can't think of it. So, but yeah. It was cool. Up, up for cool factor, it was through the roof. Oh, me. I can't remember <laughs> what that was. It's going to drive me nuts now. I can't either. It's driving me up. To, it's driving me absolutely insane. No, it's not the Yeet Cannon. I'm sorry. Hudson. Sorry about that. The, the Hudson? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what was it called? Yeah, the Hudson? It, was, no. it was the Hudson. Yeah, what was that called, though? Good Lord. The the H9, the Hudson H9. H9, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah that's what it was. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Good job. And thanks, guns. Appreciate you. Barbecue out there. Mike Sykes says H9. Yeah, that's what it was. I remember yeah, I like 19, I think, maybe 18. Yeah. Those were cool. But, I mean, they were pricey. And from what I'm hearing, they had issues. And, uh, like I said, cool factor through the roof. They and and I want to say if I remember correctly, they did have some issues. That I think they rushed it to market way too quickly. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think what happened was is the issues that came back, and there was a recall or something like that, and that put them under. I mean, just they just like right out. Now out. Mike Sykes out there is bringing up the Alien Lago. That's a cool one. That's a cool one. Yeah, uh, the H nine was pretty badass though. Yeah. Uh, my, anytime, my, I'll tell you right now, anytime you get to shoot a Korth revolver, oh my God. I wouldn't know, but uh, I'll take your word for it. I've uh, heard that from a lot of people, so that must yeah. be the truth. Yeah. 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 Uh, makes makes the Smith & Wesson, you know, I was speaking of, of the, the Smith & Wesson Performance Center, right? 686 mm-hmm. Performance Center. Man, the, the good Lord. Korth makes the, the cheapest Korth you can buy makes the 686 Performance Center like a high point or something that even makes the wilson combat stuff look look cheap i think don't they Mm -hmm. yep well um nighthawk is who imports course so well do they really well that makes sense yeah they're here in arkansas yeah yeah, yeah. so um high-end high-end company importing high-end company importing high-end company so yeah yeah it was so funny um was it 2017, 2018, 
2018 shot was our first year, right? 2018. I want to say 20. I think so. I think it's 2018. Whatever it was our first year of going to shot, I flew yeah, out there. I think it was 18. I think yeah. I, uh, I flew out there. Uh, well, I fly every year, but I flew out there and um, it was a direct flight to Vegas. And there was people, basically, everyone on that flight was going to shot. For those of you who don't know, Wilson Combat and uh, Nighthawk are here in Arkansas. So. I was probably the only one on that flight that didn't work for one of those two companies. The interesting thing was, is those companies do not like each other. The people from Nighthawk actually started Nighthawk were at one point with Wilson combat. Sure. And um, so it was a really interesting, me sitting in the back of the plane, just watching this dynamic of Wilson combat and Nighthawk. And I was like, this is weird, but it is one of those things. But, um, but yeah, um, that happens a lot. It does, yeah. Uh, I would probably have to say just shooting it to come to mind. And one of them I regret saying, but I, I, I say that I liked it because it was something different that I had never seen before and, it, and at the time got me excited was that Caracal. Yeah. I love the design. Of the, now, I hate the company. I hate the, the company. people. Yeah. Um, but that gun was pretty badass, and and for me, it's it's, it's come down Damn, to. Huh? Go ahead. Well, I was just fixing to say, and I don't know when you talk about the longevity quality of. I mean, I, it's super cool, but I mean, yeah. who knows if they're I don't know. you know the 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 reliability and the, everything else? Who knows? I mean, cool fast like that yeah. Hudson, right? It's yeah. like the the experience I had with it was wow, this is cool. But outside of that, who knows? Yeah. Now, TJ said at range day, uh, Hudson had more broken than functional. That doesn't surprise me. Now, Mike out there says the Damascus frame corth is pure bliss, at least on looks. I have not seen. Have you seen the uh, Damascus frame corth? I love a Damascus blade, so that would be kind of cool to see. That's pretty badass. Oh, personally, have I seen? No. Yeah. But, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. FNH says Nighthawk Medic. No, Nighthawk is a uh, a custom kind of like Wilson Combat high end custom you can send in, and they. But yeah, uh, Nighthawk is. Yeah, um, I probably. I probably am looking at course once a week or something. That's just yeah. <laughs> uh, now, the, the there's a Blade Show. He get to meet, he get to meet the course guys at the Nighthawk booth. Uh, oh, nice. Blade? That's kind of cool. So they actually spoke decent enough English because the ones I've spoke with at uh, Shot Show in the past no speak English very well. Yeah, I don't know. They he were, didn't say anything about that. He just said he met them. He didn't say he had a conversation with. Oh, them. I thought he said he had a conversation with them. <laughs> no, he said he 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 at the Blade Show he yeah, met. I had them. a I had an interesting conversation with several of them at Shot Show one year. Smoking section, mm-hmm. go figure, right? Of course. Uh, and they were all straight up German, man. I mean, thick yeah. accent, spoke spoke enough English that we could, you know, about halfway communicate. Well, between their English and your English, you know, only would make it better is if Snob was there and we got the Oki involved too. So, right, what it is. No, but um, I would say that Caracal's up there just because I enjoyed the design of it. But my favorite gun in the last 10 years, I know it sounds crazy, 
It's that Canic. That TP9 is a damn good gun. Canic, in a short few years, has positioned themselves to be a a big time player for quality, for price point. I don't give a shit that they're from Turkey. I, I, I don't. I'm not one of those guys that are gonna. I'm not gonna buy them. No, no, no. I, I don't. I don't it's what it is. My money is going to the gun shop. My money's not going to Turkey. Now the gun shop's money is going to Turkey. Yeah. I'm buying it from my gun shop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will mechanic. Now let's start going in. Cause, um, obviously handguns aren't the only thing, but of the last 10 years, is there, Anything that sticks out rifle-wise, whether it's bolt or lever or AR, is there anything that kind of really sticks out in your mind that says, man, the last 10 years, that's really, really was a good one? You know, I not from an innovation standpoint or anything like that, I would say probably not really. I mean, Savage, over the last year or so, bringing back the straight pull action. Uh, oh, man, super sweet. Um, but I mean, that's not innovation. I mean, that's been done before. Right. Um, and I'll tell you what I've seen the Henry stuff that you've had the last couple of years. That's exactly what I was, exactly what I was fixed to say. You scare me sometimes, bro. Um, as I was (laughs) talking about Henry over the last 10 years, man, Henry has really come in and knocked it out of the park, man. They've got that, uh, long ranger, you know, the, uh, single shot they have, uh, uh, the uh, side gates, they've got the tactical polymer, you know, mm-hmm. versions, uh, all weather or whatever they call them. Uh, just a man, they've come on with just a, a wide variety of stuff that they're yeah. uh, they've been putting together. And those long rangers are, I haven't got to play with one extensively, unfortunately, due to you know, the cough, cough and no shot 21 and everything else. But I was really wanting to kind of make that my foray into the six, five Creedmoor with one of those, because from everything that I'm looking at reading in my limited experience, those things are very similar to like a Ruger, an old school Ruger number one rifle. So if anybody's out there is familiar with those old school Ruger number ones, man, Oh my God, those are solid rifles. And, and uh, I think I think that Henry Long Ranger, very similar style mm. and design and, and performance out of that. The Henry X series. Thank you, Rich. Rich out there. Yeah. yeah Mike Sykes says, I've enjoyed seeing levered guns with threaded barrels and rails. Oh, you know, yeah. I think everything in the last year, in the last 10 years, is kind of starting against a lot of people's wishes. But they're, whether or not it's gone that way or they're offering that side of things is a, a tactical. Right. You know, that's where the AR platform, its influence is not just the AR platform, because everyone's got an AR now, but um, the modularity of the AR um, has really, you know, gone crazy. I, I do like the fact that there are a lot of, and I think for me, we'll go into this a bit later, but um I, you know, I, I don't do a lot of bolt action or um, lever action. Um, I have enjoyed looking at your Henry. I think they're some beautiful rifles. I honestly think that that Texas, that Lone Star edition, the Texas, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. Black gold. Have, might yeah. be one of the most beautiful rifles I've ever seen. Um, 
that thing is just gorgeous. Um, I think that there have been some really cool innovations um, on the AR side of things. Um, I really like the the Blackwater, the uh, or the Iron Horse, the Thumb. Oh, yeah, thumb, I think that's really Tor. awesome. The is is the yeah. Um, but I think it's more for probably precision. Yeah. Long range. I know that it comes in a two, two, three, five, five, six, but I think that's something like an AR ten, where you give me a six five creed or that thumb would be perfect for maybe uh precision long range. Um well now wielding a well armed and rip to uh, to Frank over the last, yeah, you know, last couple off, years. Yeah. Unfortunately, Absolutely. Frank was a heck of a guy, but yeah, yeah, POF and some of the stuff they put out over the last uh decade. Oh man. Amazing. They won rifle of the year like two years in a row or yeah. something like that. Um yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Two two three DMR says I don't have an AR. Some people just disappoint me. I'm just kidding. No. Right. Um, the suppressed 4570 is God's gift to the woods. Um, I don't know anybody that runs a suppressed 4570. Um, it would blow every baffle. I mean, my my suppressor, uh, bore wise, would handle it. Um, but uh, and my uh, my suppressor for my 458, so calm. Uh, more mm. wise would handle it, but pressure wise, no, there's no way. Uh, yeah. there's, there's no doubt it would, it would damage it. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm sure somebody's out there doing it, but it's like, eh, where's some ear, bro? <laughs> right. So my wife sent me a text, I guess. I'm, I'm, she goes, what are you eating? And she can hear me out there. Obviously, you must be these rappers. I'm eating gummy bears. There you go. So. She's wanting to know what I'm eating, so she can hear me out there. I'm eating gummy bears here, Yoko. Do you eat the purple ones first or the grape ones first? Um, no, I literally this is what I do. I get my little package of gummy bears. Those are those are Harbo gummy bears too. Those are like oh, name yeah. brand gummy bears. Yeah, buddy, they're also they're the only ones that I've been able to find in these small little individual packages. Ah, gotcha. So at this point, I just throw in my hand. You could buy them bulk, and you you could get you some of the little Ziploc bags that are I'm too lazy for that, bro. Save a lot of money. Come on. <laughs> um, what about the seven hundred Nitro Express? What the hell is that? Oh, that's a big honking ramp. Nitro Express. Um, let's see here. Silencer Co. Hybrid handles the forty-five seventy with ease. It also okay. doesn't quiet it down very much, but. Okay. Here we go. I'm very, uh, very, very, very snobby when it comes to suppressors and night vision. Right. Uh, you know that about me. Some people out there may not. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, when I go suppress, it's not, I don't want to just cut the noise by a few decibels to make it hearing safe or, you know, whatever. It's like, right. I'm looking for movie quiet or I don't want it. Uh, and I've got several rifles that suppress, they are movie quiet. <laughs> it can be right. done. Yeah, they uh, let's see here. I got a text, sorry, from Mario. There we go. Says check out the Canic Rival. The Rival's beautiful. SFX Rival, I believe, is what it is. Oh yeah. Um, All the SFX, the 
that's one of like the uh, similar the, to the signature line, isn't it? Yeah, I want to say it's kind of got like all of the uh, the levers and everything are like gold, and it's like a gray, really cool gray and gold combo. At least one that I saw. But yeah, that rival's pretty cool. Uh, it's it's more of a race gun, and that's what the SFX. Uh-huh. The SFX is uh, their race gun, a full size long barrel yeah. race, gun, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very similar to the signature. Uh, and I got to shoot the signature earlier this year. In fact, the signature yeah. may just be a little different version. Uh, the signature, I think, is white. <laughs> um, that's the only difference. Um, it doesn't have quite the slide cut and aggressive. I don't think it had all the rail section cuts and all on it. Just but it, uh, make sure I want to talk about the same thing before I start talking out of my ass. So, yeah, it's a, it's a full yeah. size, very aggressive yeah. cuts, uh, undercut, yeah. uh, like a two layer rail under the bottom. Yep. But yeah, that, that is definitely their, uh, their race gun. Um, that's what well, I should say. That was designed to be a race gun. That's their you know? Ferrari. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great, great gun. Anything canic? I'm, I'm telling you, I'm sold. Uh, I'm, I'm in. I'm in on anything canic. They've they've proven them. As a matter of fact, there might be a video coming out this weekend. If you're on Patreon or a channel member, you've already got a chance to see it. But uh, yeah, I just uh, don't understand the. Uh, I don't understand those cuts on the front. I mean, maybe that's for lightening up weight. I mean, it looked like it looks like rail segments, but there's no way it can be because that that moves back into the frame. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I would say probably weight. I um it looks cool, but it's not gonna have anything to do with muzzle or recoil. So that's that's out the window. Um so I don't know. Yeah, I think it just looks cool, really. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there was a reason for it. And if I wanted to go online and probably dive into it, I could probably find but ultimately, yeah. Um now Jim out there says 44 Magnum Winchester lever action with the Seco hybrid movie quiet with 44 specials. Now I'll say this, and this is not yep. something that's come around in the last decade, but um in the last couple of years, there's there are things that I want to get more involved in and expand, not only expand my knowledge, but expand uh, my experience levels and get better at it. And that's one is long range shooting. And another one would be revolver. But when I was looking this past April in Tulsa at Wanamaker with, with Buck out there, gun loving grandpa, he was looking for a magnum caliber lever action mm-hmm. and i'll tell you what there's something sexy about in my eyes 44 would be fun but in my eyes a 357 magnum lever action i think that would if, if i was going to get another lever i've got a winchester 3030 but if i was to go get one i think i'd probably go get a 357 lever action those things i think that'd just be fun as hell to shoot you know just right. really fun they look cool, and who doesn't like a three fifty seven Magnum? Right. Um, what are your thoughts on the the Magnum caliber lever actions? You like them? Oh, they're awesome, especially if you you know also going to get into single action, you know, and mm-hmm. some of that stuff. Yeah. Is there before we start going to the next segment? But is there anything that 
in the next few years that you are looking to maybe be a segment of our community, a segment of firearms that either don't have or you have little experience with? Is there something that you're looking forward to maybe getting into in the next few years? I'm going to eventually, once things start to uh, come back around a little bit, I mean, I'll probably, um, I'll probably get, I, you know, I still haven't really jumped into the whole PCC, not from the aspect of, I've got PCCs. PCCs are not anything new. No. You know, I've got a, you know, Ruger 44 carbine, <laughs> which is basically a PCC, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a rifle at 762 Tokarov, which is, is anything that shoots a, uh, you know, or pistol, you, you know. A 22 long rifle is now sub- considered. Could be, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Could be and so, um, you know, but, you know, the more modern stuff, I'll tell you one that, um, and it's a company that, you know, hopefully they can get some things lined out is uh, Soul Invictus. But that yeah. Tac-9 they've got is like a combination of a AR and a and a Tech-9. Yeah. Um, and, you know, man, I really, I really would love to play with one of those. Of course, they got to get uh, some things company-wise sorted yeah. out and lined out, I think. Uh, really like that. Um, you know, want to play around with some mean stuff eventually once Drew and the guys kind of get things uh, lined out and going on that. It's just been so tough the last, what, year and a half now or, you know, something like that because, yeah. you know, everybody's busy leading up to shot. And then we yeah. run into the cough cough shortly after shot. So it's like, you know, Everybody, everybody, even basically, everybody's been behind for what nearly two years now. Yeah, and I, I want to say that. I, don't, I don't remember Saul being at 2020 shot because we hung out with them and met them in 2019. Yeah. But I don't think they were at 2020 shot. If I might be mistaken, but I don't remember seeing them. Yeah, they were not. No. Yeah. Uh, And, and that's kind of where we talked about the AR. You know, if, if you could sit there and say, what was the dominant platform in the in the last decade? I would say that the AR and the subcompact, the, the, the subcompact carry guns, I think those were the ones that kind of, um, yep. that yep. Kind of took over. And, and that's a, those are great the, things. So the, the, and I thought we were going to go down this road a little bit earlier when you mentioned the poll. So, yeah. you know, as far as, you know, the really, you know, subcompact stuff, um, because for the longest, like the Bursa 380 was the concealed carry gun for the, I mean, you're yeah. talking about mid 2000s, 2003, yeah. four, five, somewhere in there. Uh, that was the most popular concealed carry was a Bursa 380. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, like 2008 hit and you had about 2008. Uh, it's been more than a decade ago, but you had the LCP, like the very first. Yeah. The L- um, and to this day, that Ruger LCP is still to this day still a, a top one. 10 selling gun every it's year. Still a good one. Yeah. I'm, t- yeah. And I'm talking about the original, not the LCP. Oh, yeah. the I understand. Original, yeah. Right. Um, and the LCR is a great one if you like the Lord. But what what really kicked it off in the last decade, I think, you know, Ruger, Ruger obviously seen that, you know, mm-hmm. hey, 
you know, people are going 380. We can make something smaller than the the Bursa, you know, smaller than the Bursa, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and whatever. Uh, And then uh, you had, you know, companies that started R&D. And I I think Glock was the first to the market with 42 on anything, uh, anything that you would throw into like the modern classification, right? Of like the super sub 380. In the, you're talking 380 I'm talking in the about, micro. I'm talking compact? about period in the in like the super compact polymer. Okay, um, that was like 2014 well, or so. Well, I'll, I'll save this. So we were talking about the the Sig P365, and I kind of got into a discussion out there with someone, and I said, "Yeah, I, I can't argue with the numbers, but the P365 wouldn't exist without the shield." Now, was the right. Shield the first? No, the Keltec actually had a, a model late 90s, 98, 99, that was yes. the first kind of that. Before the LCP, actually. The LCP, the LCP, yeah. the LCP is, is aesthetically, um, yeah. as far as you know, just looking at them, especially from any kind of distance, they look yeah. identical. Now, when you yeah. put them in your hand, the Keltec's a piece of junk. Right. It's not smooth, clean. You know, it, it's just sharp and hokey. It, it's just quality of the machining and stuff um, yeah. the ruger just did a better job with with fit and finish and they did making it feel good um but yeah i mean yeah props to keltec i guess and keltec has got a yeah i'm not a big keltec fan at all i own a couple and i'm not I'm a not big keltec fan they're, they're, i think they make um, some of the ugliest guns out there um, they're innovative they, they don't are they, quality guns, but they're innovative. I don't think they're I don't think they're top tier for quality. I don't think yeah. they're top tier for you know aesthetically pleasing. Um, but Caltech has has really been early to the market with a lot of cool things that mm. when you look back, you go, hey, if that wasn't for the Caltech, then hmm. So G says, yeah. first of all, G, you get a link. Come on in, but he says LCP is just a Caltech. Once their patent ran out, there you go. Yep. Um, but you know, when I was kind of was talking with them in, in the discussion was, I don't think it was the first. I don't think it's the best, but I would say that the shield changed the game when it came to subcompact, you know, single stack, eight millimeter, eight round, nine millimeter um, carry guns. The shield became the gold standard of that now has the p365 come over in the 42 and the 43 uh the glocks come in the 48 um especially the 48 and the 43 but you know i i I would i would tend to believe that the lcp was a good one but i think until the shield came out Mm -hmm. and the shield solidified the market for that subcompact gun that was designed to be a carry gun um but is a shield is the shield as small as the 42 or even the 40 no it's not as small it's not small but that but what i'm saying is is i think the shield was the precursor to the 48 the precursor to the p365 the precursor to all of these eight to ten round nine millimeters larger frame but yet still small enough to carry comfortably. And, and that's yeah. where I think the concealed carry boom happened. I'm not saying that the shield was the cause of it, but I think right. that the shield legitimized that sector of 
what a carry gun could be. Without that, they I wouldn't have you. gone to 365. They yeah. wouldn't have gone to 48. You know what I'm saying? Well, like that was a major manufacturer making that move, right? Like well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm major saying. It in terms of that, that niche, yes, right. Not that Ruger is not a major manufacturer, but no. you know, let's be honest. Ruger is more known for I don't want. I don't want to say. I don't want to say fud guns, but Ruger is mm. not known for necessarily for carry type stuff. When I think Ruger, I don't. My mind doesn't automatically go to tactical stuff mm. with the Ruger. Yeah. Now, Rich says a lot of the people say that the PPS from Walther. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm not saying that the shield was not was the first or whatever. There was many, many before it. I think that prior to the shield, it was still iffy. Is this going to catch? Is this something right. that the industry is willing to spend money in? Now, 10 years later or 15 years later from the shield, every company has their version of that gun not saying that it was the first not saying it's the best the shield changed the thought processes of every manufacturer say all right we finally had one that stuck now we're all going to be able to jump in that game and and there's some great ones out there for sure go ahead sorry about that i don't know i mean i don't I'm okay with saying, okay, maybe shield had a role to play. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm hesitant to give shield too much credit as, as at starting it because I didn't like, say yeah, it started, talking, it legitimized yeah. it. I think it legitimized it. Yeah. It you're talking about, you're talking about a lot smaller platforms in the three sixty fives and the Hellcats and the 42s and the 43s than mm -hmm. the shield. So, not so much, but I, I think, but but that's the innovation. Is I don't think that the Hellcats, the forty eight, the three sixty fives, come out the way they did, and instantly they were the gun of the year or all that. Had the shield not been there, right? I don't think that the Ruger would have held enough weight. I don't think that the honestly the PPS is a decent gun, but let's be honest, that's about it's where it ends. It's it's about where I've it never is. I've never been a fan. Yeah. No. Um obviously the Keltec, but I think that once again, I'm not saying that the forty eight and the three sixty five wouldn't have come out. That shield that shield paved that road for him. Um now Doc out there uh, obnoxious says Ruger strength is revolvers. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know. I've heard that. I mean I I think that Ruger's semi-automatic pistols, like the EC9, the Security 9, um, obviously the LCP and all of those, uh, the 5.7, they're okay. They're good. I think they're very good for the price point. Now, would I put them and say, these are you've got to have them? No. Um, so I've heard, once again, I'm not a revolver guy, but I have heard, including Clover, speak very highly of Ruger revolver. So from what I'm hearing, I would say, and a lot of people would say this, I think you would say this Clover that Smith and Wesson's strength is not semi-automatic. It's yeah. probably more revolvers. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you, you know, in Smith and Wesson's case, when you've built something literally for a hundred and something, some odd years, you know, yeah. um, and Ruger's been doing it for, a very, very, very long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it, you're, you're also talking about companies that built their name and their legacy and, and companies sell out and change ownership and change management sure. all the time. So we're yeah, not talking about Western or not. Yeah. The same when family, we say, <laughs> when we say, when we say the company, we mean the legacy yeah. of the company basically is what we mean. Uh, or at least what I mean, I will put words in your mouth. Um, but yeah, you're talking about with Ruger Smith and Wesson. That's what I said. I, you know, I, I go more FUD gun because, you know, that's in, in the last 10, 20 years, whatever, you know, things have shifted more to the tactical or the carry yeah. or the, you know, with more States coming online, obviously with, you know, sure. permitted carry and then permitless carry and then constitutional carry and then whatever it might be, um, you know, our, our second amendment rights have trended in such a way that's, that's led to that market being able to open up. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I still, if you've been in, you know, into firearms long enough, then you just, you know, when you hear Smith and Wesson, that your your mind immediately goes to revolvers. When you hear Ruger, your mind immediately goes to revolver. And again, when I hear Ruger, I think of the M77s and I think of the uh, Ruger number ones, and uh, I think of stuff like that, old school stuff, nothing current. Now, Doc out there says no one is telling the mass to go out and buy the new Ruger semi. Uh, they are saying go get the shield, especially the the shield. The the, the new plus is is a pretty good one. Uh, unknown user, what's up? He says I think Ruger's LCP, the LC nine S, um, are the platforms that made the super compact and industry standard. They took Keltec's idea and had. I, I I'm not disagreeing that I think the LCP for sure um, was a huge influence. It was a I, progression. It, it was a progression for sure. Yeah, because uh, yeah, without not, Keltec, you know, again without Keltec. You know, not Keltec all you want, but without Keltec and that original, right? Does it does any of this happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you're talking about things setting things in motion, you know, had Keltec not had the patent that Ruger used for the LCP, you know, blah blah blah, then where would we be, right? So sure. some credit has to go to Keltec, whether you like that or yeah. not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the Keltec, uh, you know, that Keltec in was at 97, 98, somewhere in there. Yeah. You know, that was that was crazy to think about back then. They're like, you know, a gun specifically designed for carry. This is even before the whole concealed carry craze really started sweeping across. And um, so, yeah, one uh, percent out there says I just looked up the dimensions and the shield and the 43 are about the same. The shield's grip is a little longer, but the slide is shorter and a little more narrow. Yeah, I mean, the 43 and, and the uh and the shield are phenomenal guns. And then you had the 365 and the 48. We start talking about the same dimensions, but maybe a double stack. So you're able to get 10 to 12 instead of eight, seven, eight round capacity in the shield, depending on which magazine you have. But um, yeah, um, let's see here. He says Glock has a blue label program, nice little discount. Glock's yep. had that for a, for a long, long time. I think yep. that if you if you take time to go and look up whatever manufacturer that you're wanting to buy from, no matter which one it is, and you're willing to go look around their website, I think now they don't call it a certain thing, but most manufacturers um, are now giving veteran, military, law enforcement, first responders 
uh, pretty substantial discounts. Pretty much everyone's doing that, but I'll say that Glock was probably the first one that made that well known that said, hey, this is something that we're going to do. I'll tell you something that I've seen over the last year, some of them moved to, which is, is they've actually moved to some of them. And I mean, again, it's a, you've got to call, you know, talk to type thing, but I've heard of them offering substantial discounts uh, to uh, essential workers. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Because yeah. with everything going on in 2020 and, you know, who knows if they're blocking the streets or burning down buildings or what's going on. And then you've got people that have to go to work you know, yeah. uh, yeah. and whatever. So, uh, you know, they have to be out in the mess and whatever, uh, that I heard of, of last year, I heard of some of that going on with several yeah. companies, which was interesting. And that's awesome. I, I think that's great. Um, especially with a lot of people looking to buy guns in the last year, year and a half. So sure. Uh, doc out there says the 365 was a game changer in his opinion. The shield easy might be as well. They can't say because it wasn't made to address an issue that he has. And I think that the 365 is a game changer. Uh, I think it's the next step in the evolution. I think we start going back to the Keltec. And then the next evolution was the LCP and we'll say the PPS. The next evolution from that was the Shield and then the 43. And I think that where the 365 came up, like I said, the 365 came out and had that double stack 10 to 12 capacity for the same basic frame size as the 43 and the shield and the LCP and all that, the same basic size, but now having that 10 to 12 capacity um, was absolutely a game changer. I'll be more than willing to admit that I, I believe that the Glock 48 would not be a gun if it wasn't for the 365, you know, I think that that was an absolute direct answer to um, the 365. No doubt about it. I think the 365 is a phenomenal gun. And if I was ever going, I almost bought a 320 not too long ago, but I have shot the 365. Um, and it's a really, really, really great gun. And I'm not a big SIG fan, um, but it's a great because it's the next evolution of the subcompact carry gun it it's you know every step along the way you can see that like i said the keltec then the ruger then the shield then the 365 and and two or three years from now someone's going to get really innovative and come out with a 15 or 16 round you know who knows someone's going to come out eventually with maybe some crazy gun that we can't we ever even thought would would happen right now but yeah the 365 is a great gun for sure um let's see here uh warsaw is trying to change the subject he says i mean i i don't know if he just doesn't pay attention or what but he says clover i gotta ask you by chance do you have any patches or stickers of your channel? He's putting together a two-way sticker and patch board. Clovertack.com. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Who asked that? Yeah. I need to slap somebody. That's what I need to do. Warsaw and asked that. Warsaw asked that, of all people. Warsaw yeah, he says, that. same question for Ghost. GhostTacticalProductions.com or GhostTactical.us. I've Got it all. Had it all for years. <laughs> and uh, um, what do you get? 
CloverTac.com, you get half off all orders, $50 or more with code half off, which is a, a pretty, which is a pretty sweet deal. Uh, free shipping and every order gets extra swag. So you get even more stickers so and patches and other things. So I'm there you go. Put Clover's website right there. Yeah. Cause I don't have the YouTube chat up. And I'm going to put mine right there as well. So there you go. I'll tell Warren uh, all this. If he if he does the fifty dollars with twenty five percent off, I'll make sure you get several extra patches for your panel that I don't sell on the site. There you have it. There you have it. Uh, Wheeled out there says IEDC a pair of ordnance P twelve the twelve plus one of forty five ACP. It's a heavy thirty two ounce, but same size footprint as a Glock nineteen. So the Glock nineteen. Everyone knows is one of my favorite guns ever. Um, you know that that's not what they call a sub. That's more of a compact. That is not in the same realm as the Shield of three sixty five. That's in the same level as the P three twenty, M and P two That kind of that fifteen round capacity to seventeen round, depending on what it is. But yeah, um, so for me, yep. Go ahead. No, no, you were. Finish up. I was saying for me, for, for the longest time, I mean, I carried a shield for years and uh, changed over to the, P, the PPQ. I carry the mechanic. I've really enjoyed been carrying the Beretta APX for the last month, month and a half. Really haven't. I'm that gun is really growing on me, really growing on me. Really, I'm liking the APX. Uh, trigger is getting better and better and better and better. It's, it's a really good trigger. Not quite PPQ canic, but it's really damn good trigger. Right. Um, but yeah, I've enjoyed that. But yeah, um, you know, you're, you're starting to talk about 15, 17 plus one carry guns. You know, in my eyes, those aren't carry guns. They're, they're guns that you can carry. You know, when I think carry right. guns, I do think of the shield, the 43, the 42, the, the 48, the 365, the LCP, those guns were literally designed and made not specifically for, but they were designed to be carry guns. There are a lot of guns out there that you can carry. It doesn't mean that that's what they were made for, you know. Go ahead. Well, Wilden Well Armed mentioned that uh, that pair of P12. So for some time, I carried a pair of Warthog, uh, which is the hmm. alloy frame, the little alloy frame. Mm -hmm. um, double stack and um, so it was I don't know what the weight is but I would wager with that alloy frame the weight was definitely lighter than, than 32 Most ounce now I will say this it shot great I mean recoil was super super manageable uh, on that thing it's, it's pretty amazing considering how small it is with mm -hmm. uh, with 45 ACP uh, and so I think we're talking what like a four four and a half inch barrel with the most <sighs> Maybe I mean no at, at the very most it's going to be a sub four I'm sure with a 45 ACP yeah that's going to have some yeah it's going to be a sub four I'm pretty sure um, it's been a while since I've got it out but uh, yeah my no my question was I don't know if Will and Well Armed has uh, has any experience with the Warthog I don't have any experience with the P12 uh, so I'm just curious size wise uh, 
if the warthog is a little bit smaller. I would think it probably is because I think the warthog is like a 10-1 or an 11-1 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Jason says, I tried to carry the 2.0 but bought the shield. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. For, for me, the, for the longest time, I, I carried the shield because it was just smaller and easier to carry. Um, I find myself carrying, like I said, the, the Canic, the APX, the 19, the PPQ, the more compact or the subcompact, you know, the, the four to four in the four, four point two inch barrels, but the Glock 19 size versus the shield size. Um, I've been carrying those more and I, I don't know why, but in the last year or so, I just, I guess those are the size guns that I've enjoyed shooting the most. So I'm going to start carrying them, but uh, forever I carry this. You know, and the shield's still in my uh, rotation for sure. Um, now I will say that TJ up there is talking about stickers and patches. He said just steal them at shot, like they steal. You know, him and Jeff are notorious for trying to steal our patches and stuff off our backpacks while we're there. So yeah, but the problem is, is Warsaw's got to get the shot first. TJ, just saying. Take extra patches um, is all you do, and then you're. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, now, if somebody Rich steals did. one of my um, coveted patches, then we've got a problem. A I'm, I'm going to yeah. track somebody down and whoop them. And nowadays, with RFID chips and some of the how small you trackers are, you better yeah. think twice before you steal any of my good patches because I might have sewed a tracker up in it. You never know. That's right. Uh, Rich said the shield was his EDC until he got the Joris G2C. And there's the Joris Taurus, yeah. the G3. I really have enjoyed that gun. Uh, it's very pleasantly surprising. I'm not gonna lie, pleasantly surprising. Um, it's about the time because the, the, yeah. the PT 111, the Millennium, the, the uh, uh, what is it, the PT 792 or something like that. Um, the Oh man, there's there's several that Taurus put out there for a while. It was just the Spectrum Gizzard out there. You can speak to the to the Spectrum. Um, no, it wasn't. Was it the Spectrum that he got and had trouble with? Maybe it was. Um, man, there's just so many that Taurus has put out. You know, trying to get it right, and, and I think the, the G2s and G3s are the. You know, I think that's their Ooh. more solid lineup. Yeah, I think everyone's talking about the G4X. Everyone's raving about it. Have not shot it yet. I don't know. Did you shoot that down in Alabama or not? The the G4X. Yes, I did shoot the G4X. Yes, pretty good. Um, it, it shot like a G2 or a G3. Okay. It, it, you know what I mean? I mean, it's not <laughs> to me. There wasn't any real difference. Yeah. There's optics plates and some grip things, and there's some you know some stuff like that that's different, but. Yeah, as far as the way it operates and the way it feels. Yeah. 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 Doc says everyone had problems with the Spectrum. The Spectrum was not their, their, uh, most. Oh, and then they had that curve. I forgot all about yeah. the curve. Yeah. They had, they had, they went through about three or four years. They had some really bad designs. Just yep. this is what it is, but they redeemed themselves. Yep. Um, the G series is probably saved. Honestly, it probably saved Taurus. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the little uh, somebody out there is the one that I'm thinking of. Little single stack, 380. Um, Taurus. Yeah, and I said it was like a P792, and it's it's. I don't think that's it. Uh, but yeah, if you remember what that is out there, maybe it's a 795 or something. I don't even remember, but it's those are horrible. 738. 
could be. PT738? PT738 might be. It's got a nickname, too, whatever it was, I thought. But, uh... 380. Uh, PT738. PT uh, TCP380. Yeah, which is the... TCP, yeah, the, the TCP, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's it. The 738, which is the TCP. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, those were... Okay. God, I yeah. did not. I did not like those. Do not like those. They're still. They're still around. Some people use them. Some people have them. Some people use them. Yeah, Keith Gregory TCP. Thanks, man. Yep, there you go, Keith. Yep, let's just put that up there. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about the AR and the the modularity and the tactical stuff, and you brought up the PCC and like you said before the PCC is not a new idea by any means but i think that um they've become prevalent in the last probably 5 or 6 years to where now everyone's got their 9 millimeter 67 five and a half inch 67 inch 10 inch uh pistol um or whatever, but they, they've got the, the even the 16 inch, but they're still a nine millimeter or the 45 or um, everyone's going with the 22 stuff where it's still considered a PCC to some people. Um, why? I don't know. But you were talking earlier about uh, Smith and Wesson and you were saying, you know, most people, when they think Smith and Wesson, they think revolvers. When most people think Ruger, they think revolvers. For me, I wasn't a, obviously a, a big revolver guy. When I think Smith and Wesson, I think MMP and I think ARs because I love their AR, their MMP 15s. But it is interesting that I think you're right, though. People that have been around for a while and especially that love the revolver game, when you hear Smith and Wesson, they probably do go straight to revolvers. But that's kind of interesting when you said that. I was thinking, yeah, for me, it's not the case. For me, it's. Um, MP15 or the shield. That's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think Smith and Wesson. It's just one of those yeah. things that's kind of a cool thing. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that the, the, the PCC game, the, the, especially the nine millimeter AR pistol type game, or, um, is, is really come into it. And I think there's a lot of people that, uh, um, Sunday, me and Buck and Hans were shooting. At the range, and I was shooting a lot with my uh, with my nine PCC, and there were a couple of guys are out there, and they were talking. You know, I've really been thinking about getting a, a nine millimeter AR and all that, and, and and I think that that's something. Whether it's not as nine millimeter, but I think that that's something. Uh, I know there's a lot of people enjoying the ten millimeter ARs. Um, someone mentioned earlier in the chat the three oh eight pistol. That's not something that I'd be interested in um, because I think that just kind of diminishes the whole idea of the, th of the, of the re 308 round. Um, but, hell, do nah. it, man. I'm all nah. for it. Um, nah. Depends on the barrel length, but nah. I mean, if you're, you're, I mean, you're able to – depends on what you want to do with it, right? Like I mean, a 10-inch ten inch AR-10. Yeah. That just doesn't seem like it would be – I mean – What's the point? But, you know? but a but so you would say what go three hundred blackout if you were going to do that? Absolutely. 
but no why get it. into a whole different caliber maybe if you've already got 308 well you're gonna get there's a lot there's a lot to be said about that where you're gonna get roughly the same performance probably out of it in my in my estimation and, and experience so you know yeah, I don't know. I I don't know, but yeah, I I don't I don't see myself jumping into the three hundred eight game at a pistol yeah. uh, at the pistol length. You're not going to get the versatility. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean the three hundred blackout is just, is awesome, versatile. But if you already have three hundred eights, then man, why not? Just not going to be good. Past couple hundred yards. <laughs> Like you said, like you said, if you're going to do that, go through their blackout, and you're going to be just fine. Um, let's see here, going up here. I saw someone was talking about their Gerson. We're talking about Gerson. I can't wait. I've got a Gerson coming in here pretty soon. Um, looking forward to that. I know that you're very, very happy with uh, with that company. Okay. Very. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to for the first time messing with a Gerson. Looking forward to it. Uh, was it the regard, which is basically the ninety-two? Is that yep. what it's called? The regard. Mm-hmm. I, I think I might have to go get one of those. Those things. Different um, barrel, different lock and block. Other than that, which incidentally was what many considered the weak spot the on weak, uh, the Berettas back in the day. Um, yep. So, but uh, yeah, different barrel, different lock and block. Other than that, everything else is uh, basically interchangeable. So yeah. Magazines included, um, which is not the case with Taurus, by the way. With the PT ninety two, you mean? Correct. Yep. Two two three says I want a ten millimeter Banshee. Um, I shot. That's the CM. The, okay, so I get the Banshee and the Bantam. I think the Banshee is a CMMG and the Bantam is the Faxon. I want to say the Banshee is a CMMG. I've shot the CMMG Banshee. Um, it's good. Uh, I think Armentia had one for a while, did she not? Yeah, I never pulled. Not ten millimeter yeah. though. I don't nine. know if it was ten millimeter nine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, I it is what it is. Um, I I think that ten millimeter AR pistol would be awesome. I, I don't know what brand I would get. The CMG is probably as good as any out there for the price and all that, but um, I, I definitely wouldn't go seek out a CMMG. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, they have a lot of questionable practices with people that they work with sometimes. It makes you wonder about them. But it's, um, So Warsaw says, are you a ghost or are you a fan of 308 rifles? If I wanted a 308, I'd want a, a, an FAL, an FN. Um, am I, am I a fan of 308 rifles? Sure. Um, I think they, they're, they're definitely have, I don't hunt. Okay. So let's, let's start. I don't hunt. So the reason why I would not go 308 is if I was going to go into something like that, it would be for long range shooting. And I think that with the, the six, five Creed there, six millimeter there's um there's a bunch of different calibers that i think have probably surpassed um in precision calibers over the 308 once again i i would not use 308 for what most people would use it for so for me if i was going to go more of a long range platform i and clover knows this i'm, I'm looking to get into a 6.5 creed 
Uh, does that mean that I'm not a fan of 308? I'm, I am a fan of 308. But once again, my uses for a 308 are very minimal. And I think that there are some per, superior ballistically good calibers out there for specifically long-range shooting. So um, I would not probably not go to 308, but I'm not saying I wouldn't, but um, I would probably go 6.5 Creed. But yeah, the 308 round or the 7.62 by 51, if you want to call it that, great rounds, great rounds. Um, but if, like I said, I, I'm not going to go... If you had a three, let's let's just take this for instance, a uh, a savage stealth in three oh eight, a savage stealth in six five creed. Clover knows this. I'm going six five creed. Um, Clover has a savage in three oh eight and loves it, um, but I think Clover's uses for his three oh eights. He's got more usage actually for a three oh eight than a six five creed. I don't. I really don't have a use for a 308 in my lifestyle. So if I was going to go with something that was going to be more of a long range or inter- intermediate range um, rifle, I'd probably go 6.5 Creed for sure. Mm-hmm. What about you? I know you're a fan of 308, though. Oh, uh, there's nothing wrong with 6.5 Creed. There's yeah. several other cool calibers uh, that are mm-hmm. out there now. I'm talking yep. long range. I mean, I, I really like a 300 Weatherby Magnum, <laughs> mm-hmm. 300 Wind yep. Mag. Um, I think if you ask most long range guys, you talk about the max range plus the power oomph. I would say that you would find out. I would say most snipers are probably a a three hundred Weatherby fan or three hundred Win Mag, a three hundred Win Mag for sure. I know a lot of famous snipers were three hundred Win Mag. Charlie's a three hundred Win Mag guy. Yeah, uh, when he was in, you know. Yep. Um. But yeah. Um. So you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you're Savage 308, you know. Um, yeah, look at it. Now. You, you have a lot of uses for that I, I that I wouldn't have, you know. Right. I'm yeah. going to take this off. Um, IWI has a 10-inch version in 208. I had to stop and ask why. I did just get it in 762 by 39 at that size. Um. 308, 308, okay. Yeah, a 10-inch version of the Ace and 308. I just don't see that. that, If I'm going to go a 10-inch barrel with the 30 caliber, it's not going to be 308. I don't don't know. I don't know. Not going to be 308. Uh, Let's see here. The HK91. Now the HK ninety one is a badass. Um, it's basically an MP five design, if you want to call it that, in seven six two by fifty one. That is a beast. Um, they're heavy as shit though. But mm-hmm. now that be if I'm going to do something like that, it would be the ninety one that I probably go with. You know, well that's um, a battle. That's a battle. It's right? a battle once so. again. But that's kind of where. That's kind of where I'm going to lean towards decision processes and calibers. And that's, that's the great thing about you and I. We we might end up with the same kind of guns, but they're going to be for completely different reasons, you know? Right. Um, T-51 
TJ says he finished an AR 10 and 6.5 Creed. It's also shoot. And, and that's one of those things that, you know, Clover, you and I talk about this a lot in the 6.5 Creed. Um, the more and more I think about it, I think that I probably would go with an AR platform 6.5 Creed over a bolt action. Um, I just, I, I don't know. That's what I, I, I shot. Um, Charlie's 6.5 Creed. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be tough. It'd be tough. You know what? And you know this about me. I, I still kick myself on that, that stealth BA, that 110, um, for $800 a couple years ago at 6.5 Creed that I didn't pull trigger on. That still, that still ah, was an idiot. I was an idiot. Um, Let's see here. It happens. Yeah. A&A out there says, give me the old 30 out six and I'll get her done. Nothing wrong with the old 30 out six. There's nothing wrong with the old 30 30. Uh, what little uh, lever action? I think that. Um, can you imagine the 1890s Wild Wild West if they had more modern? That'd be, that'd be crazy. Some of those guys, what they did with those old Henrys was crazy. I mean, imagine what they could do with today's technology. You know, can you imagine any Oakley in today's technology? Holy cow. Right. That's crazy to think about, you know. You know, you uh you know, you bring up thirty thirty, we talk about, you know, the last ten years and we're talking about different calibers, yeah. is that uh the three fifty legend that's you know kind of come up on the heels of the thirty thirty there, uh, straight wall, basically a straight wall alternative. Yeah, and they sell my t shirt. Um yeah, the three fifty legend, it, it's 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 really strange. And and I I remember asking you this last summer, and I was like, is it has the three fifty legend like had a resurgence? This is before it actually hit the resurgence. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, like my gun shop said they sold like 10 350 legends in the last week. They hadn't sold 10 in the last, you know, years. And sure enough, I mean, maybe it's because it was what's available. I don't know. But I can say around here, the 350 legend is kicking some serious ass around here. And I guess I don't hunt. But I'm assuming the 350 Legend would probably be a pretty decent hunting cartridge. I don't know. That's one of the things I'm seeing, uh, you know, I actually see on the shelves around here. Yeah. Uh, one of the few things when I see, I'm starting to see a little <laughs> more 22, but uh, I've fairly consistently seen 350 Legend. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay. We're kind of caught up. Um, we're about at the hour and a half. Y'all need to talk more out there in the chat. So I'm they do need to talk more. Yeah, they, they <laughs> help us out. We're getting ready to have some fun, though. We're getting ready to have some fun. So one of the Twitter polls and Instagram polls, um, I did was um, you do always do some music stuff. So put a poll out there. And I said, what is the best hair band of the 80s? And your choices were Motley Crue, 
Poison, Rat, and Bon Jovi. Ironically, it was very, I don't think hardly anyone voted on Bon Jovi or Rat. It was all um, Motley Crue and Poison. And I want to say that then I, so I did a, an Instagram poll on that. And like 80% of, of the two Motley Crue Poison, like 80% said Motley Crue. To me, when I think 80s hair band, it is Motley Crue. All right. Who do you think of when you hear 80s hair band? Rat definitely comes to mind. Yep. White Snake. Poison does. Bon Jovi does. I don't have a necessarily a problem well, with Skid that. Skid Row, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was more to the later, toward the later yeah. end. But yeah. If people say Guns N' Roses. I don't consider Guns N' Roses a hair band. No. I no. think that Guns N' Roses ended hair bands. Yeah. Appetite for Destruction ended hair bands. Motley Crue, uh, yeah, for me, yeah. I mean, Motley, and I'm not saying I was a big, huge Motley Crue fan. I like some of their songs, but when I think 80s hair band, I think that L.A. scene, and that was owned by Motley Crue. Oh, know? yeah. Well, then you had, uh, man, you had Tesla, you had L.A. Guns, you had... Not Tesla, sure. Um, golly, I can't you know, Mario says Nirvana ended her bands negative. No. Was- Appetite for Destruction ended the the glam hair band sound. Even you you'll hear you'll hear Vince Neal. I saw an interview with him one time, and he said the very first time he heard Sweet Child of Mine and Welcome to the Jungle, he said it's over. <laughs> Vince Neil said, it's over. Our time is over. Um, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction killed the hair band. Grunge with with Nirvana and Pearl Jam changed music, but hair band, the poisons, the Motley Crues, all that effectively ended when Appetite for Destruction came out. And G-Web says that GNR was definitely hair band. No, 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 no. See, here's the thing. You can have hair. <laughs> you can have hair and not be a hair band. When I think hair band, I think the bubble gum, that L.A. scene back in the mid-80s with Motley Crue, the, the, the bubble gum kind of well, just. Well, it was kind of. Cinderella. Yeah, Cinderella. It was right. rock and roll, but it wasn't hard. It wasn't in your face like and roll. The- Groupies chasing girls. It was all right. Boot tight. Yeah. Yeah. More so fun I rock, consider, I guess. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Fun rock. I don't consider. Oh, Def Leppard. Like Def Leppard is probably a hair band in my eyes. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Keith Richards said Def Leppard, and you just yeah. said it too. But um, yeah, GNR and me, in my eyes, they had hair, but they weren't a hair band. They okay. They got back to rock and roll. They were the late 80s version of, let's just say, Zeppelin. You know, um, Zeppelin was to bubblegum pop with the Beatles and the Stones and the Who. Zeppelin kind of ended that shit. I would say that GNR was the Zeppelin to the hairband stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, now we got people going off, man. Um, 
Let's see here. Twisted Sister. Yeah, Twisted Sister. That's like a hairband. Cinderella, Slaughter, uh, White Snake for sure. Um, yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't I don't think that GNR. Yeah, and Obnoxious says I wouldn't put GNR or Skid Row. I would probably put Skid Row as a closer to a hair band than to a rock. Well, you know, I don't know. I think you might be right. I would say that they probably, I wouldn't, I mean, I may not put Skid Row as a hair band. Yeah, I, I think Skid Row, they come in a little later. So I, they come in, I, you know, maybe because they had a little different sound. Their sound was a little heavier, a little darker, uh, for the most part. So, uh, and they came in kind of on the tail, like I said, on the tail end of it. So, um, yeah, I don't know that I put them in the same category as Hair Band. Okay, Ghost is thinking really, really, really hard out there. So, G-Web says was Metallica a Hair Band? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think so, no. <laughs> but most of the bands in the 80s had hair. There he is. He's back. I dropped my knife on my computer and... <laughs> quit playing with it. Yeah, quit playing with click, my Click, knife. click, 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 click. Yeah, get my anyway, stress. Hair bands. Yeah. What were you saying now? When, when I, while I was gone, uh, what were you saying? Uh, no, it's just uh, you were talking about Skid Row. And I said they're, yeah. they were a little heavier uh that's some of the other stuff a little heavier a little darker and they come in toward towards kind of the tail end of it at least popularity wise so yeah. i don't yeah i don't know that i put them in the hair band category but you know all of the bands of the 80s had hair so yeah yeah um uh, obnoxious says what has nine arms and plays rock and roll did he ever come out with the answer to that i don't know interested uh let's see yeah, here good here fog hat he had one arm and played rock and roll. So G Webs was Metallica hairband. No, Metallica was a metal. Um, Metallica up in there with like Metallica, um, Slayer, Megadeth, Iron Maiden. Megadeth, yeah, Iron Maiden, all of those. Absolutely. Uh, just like I wouldn't put ACDC as a hairband. Yep. ACDC is just pure rock and roll, you know. Um, yep. Would I consider Kiss a hair band? Kiss was the glam Kiss was rock. Hair, glam rock. Um, but I, I think that glam rock was a precursor to hair bands. I would say that Kiss is a hair band a decade before the hair band craze kicked off. Maybe they were the godfathers of hair bands, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, as I do, I think I think that glam rock probably turned into the hair bands i'd be willing to i don't know this but i would say that motley crew and cinderella and def leopard i guarantee all those hair bands kiss was amongst all of their influences i'm sure so maybe because says, of the yeah maybe because of the performance side of things yeah, exactly now rich says metallic is a thrash band okay thrash metal i think um i don't yeah, sure. I mean, who knows what the what they're called these days? Um, 
G says that Kiss was the OG, the OG hairband. I, I, I think mm-hmm. so. Right. I think they're a hairband before anyone knew what a hairband was. You know. Um, well, I mean, the, you know, most of the lyrics to most of their songs kind of align with most of the lyrics of the hairband age. Yeah. So, uh, Queen. I don't think Queen was a hairband. No, I think that Queen was um, just a rock band. Um, I, I don't really, that's the thing about queen. There are a few bands in this world that have ever come. And I think pink Floyd's one of them. I think queen's one of them. I think, um, I would say early you two, like Joshua tree and before, um, the, a group, they, they are just them. There's no one else that does quite what they do. Uh, there are people that are going to try to be like Pink Floyd. There are going to be people that try to be like Queen. There are going to be people that try to be or try to be. I think they're the Smiths were one of those bands. Um, you know, there's there's just bands that don't fit into a category. They are kind of just off on their own. I think Queen's one of them. I think Queen definitely was one of those didn't have a category you could put them in. Are they pop? Are they rock? Are they theatrical? Are they glam? Are they hair bands? Are they punk? You know, what are they? I don't think they could. (laughs) And he locked up again, it looks like. Are you serious? Can you hear me? There you go. You're back. Did you hear anything about what I said about Queen? (laughs) No. I went off nope. on Queen. So I went off on Queen and per uh, Pink Floyd and um like I said there's just bands there's there's Pink Floyd there's Queen there's early I would say Joshua Tree and Pryor for you too I would say the Smiths that don't fit into a category. They are like like, tell me what Queen is. Are they glam? Are they hairband? Are they theatrical? Are they pop? Are they punk? I don't know what Queen is. So I think I don't, I don't you know. There's just Queen's Queen, you know? Pink Floyd's Pink Floyd. U2. Well, early U2's, just U2. I think, um, I think in the 70s, Queen was, you know, that 70s rock and roll. And then I think that, mm-hmm. uh, I think they morphed into a little bit of the glam rock. Uh, you know, when they dressed in drag, got kicked off MTV, for example, <laughs> whatever video that was, which would, I don't remember which one that was. Uh, uh but anyway, uh, I've got to be free maybe or whatever. Uh, sure. you know, that definitely kind of points to, I would say that they're, they're sort of glam rock in a way. Uh, so I think they were a little bit of mixture of a lot of different things. Right. I mean, look at Bohemian Rhapsody. What do you possibly what genre do you put that in seriously well, that was what like rock opera or 73 74 <laughs> something like that you know yeah, I mean, that is that rock like, opera and if that's the case then you put them in there with like the who right so i don't you know i don't know yeah uh yeah okay i'm getting ready to piss off a lot of people here and uh, i see rush being i can't stand rush i i i, I would agree I with not, you there is nothing about rush there is literally not one song from Rush that I would sit there and say, if I heard on the radio, I would keep it on there. Rush does. I'm not saying they're bad. 
for me, they do nothing for me. And anyone that sits there and say that Russ is better than Pink Floyd, you are outside your damn mind. Right. Just name. Okay. Just saying. Um, no, Rush. I got nothing for Rush. Don't don't even start with me, Gizzard Gary. He says Rush put Pink Floyd to shame. Please stop. 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 I was gonna say that. Um, anyways, yeah, Van Halen. See, I don't know. There's I would say that. Okay, that's that's an interesting one. I think that when David Lee Roth was with Van Halen, they very easily could have been considered a hair band. I was not a big fan of Van Hagar is what I like to call him. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Sammy, Sammy Hagar, but I think when Hagar joined the band, he steered their more mainstream, like pop rock. So I don't say that they would. I would say if you're going to consider Van Halen a hair band, it would have been probably when um, David Lee Roth at, um, so Okay, I'm not a musician. You don't know anything about me, bro. You have no idea if I can play instruments or not. You have no idea if I've been on songs that have been published. So I can tell you straight up, whether you think I'm a musician or not makes no difference to me. I don't care about Rush. They do nothing for me. It is what it is. Um, I don't understand that Van Halen came out in the seventies, but what I'm saying is, is the eighties, let's say like the jump and um, that whole era, the, 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 the early eighties, David Lee Roth, Van Halen, possibly, possibly I could sit there and say, you could maybe consider them as a hair band for a few years. But when, when David Lee Roth left, um, I would say that, like I said, Hagar probably steered them more towards the the pop rock, more mainstream. They sold a hell of a lot more records for sure. I think with Hagar, um, and yeah, I think Gizzard's right. I think that, and that maybe that's why I don't like Sammy Hagar. Maybe that's why. And I think he hit right there. He said he made Van Halen his backup band. Um, I think that's probably. Probably very, and that, that's probably one of the reasons why I did like David Lee Roth. So, um, you know, uh, G Webb says you want to piss off a Canadian talk smack about Rush. Um, I don't like Rush at all. Um, I do like Gordon Lightfoot. I do like um, Neil Young. I do like Bare Naked Ladies. Does that help? I, I don't like Rush. I don't, I don't, I don't like Rush. It is what it is. Bare Naked uh, Ladies is like different. Yeah, but you know, G was saying you want to piss off a Canadian talk smack about Rush, and I said, you know, I don't like Rush. But um, now you were, you had to go step away, and, and someone brought up Van Halen, and I said that if you're going to consider Van Halen a hair band at all, it could have been about the '82, '83, '84 era with David Lee Roth with a jump and um bad for teacher um 
possibly, but I, I said that when David Lee Roth left and Hagar, Hagar took them to like pop rock music. And that's why I guess I don't like, um, so a and a says do you play an instrument are you a musician yes yes so yeah uh, you hit an i hit a nerve no i'm just saying you don't know bro don't come out with a definite statement they're saying that i'm not something you don't know so what it is um but yeah um i would say that i don't know van halen what do you i know they came out well before so Van Halen and Aerosmith. Oh, what would you say, Van Halen Aerosmith? What, what kind of categories would you put them in? Just regular rock? Yeah, I think so. With Aerosmith, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you consider either one of them hair bands? No. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Like I said, the only way I would consider Van Halen, I could see where someone might. When you see the video "Jump" by Van Halen, possibly. Possibly yeah, say, it's got oh, a little, but that's about that's the only one. That's the only one. Yeah, that's the only one. Uh, okay, we'll get back real quick. Uh, who was that? Jacob says um, our Diamondback AR-15 is good ARs for the entry buyer. That's in Diamondback. Um, I have, I've never had a problem with it. Um, would it be something? It, it's not going to be. issues with that one no i've never had an issue with that rifle so um is it the best thing not at all but i would never speak ill about my experiences with diamondback so uh g web says aerosmith equals hair um <laughs> well i mean all bands from the late 60s on up you know Hair I, mean, I mean hell the beatles had hair at the end <laughs> right. you know? um gizzard says that hagar was better without van i've never been a hagar fan now you were gone gary made a really good statement he said that he thinks that hagar made van halen his backup band and i don't disagree with it and that and maybe that's one of the reasons why i didn't like sammy hagar is he became a singer with a backup band that had the greatest guitar player of the time um and made them a pop rock in my opinion took them to pop he made them much more commercially successful no doubt sold a lot more albums made a lot more money during that time but they weren't the same band in my eyes I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. I like Hagar. I mean, that was just there was, yeah. there was yeah, a different sound to uh, Eddie and the rest of them, you know, with all that. Yeah. Um, did Hagar have one hit with Van Halen? Honest to God, their biggest hits were with Hagar. Um, right now is probably the best selling song of um van halen's history um was right now and that's that was a hagar song so um but i don't i don't like i don't like hagar I never have i don't know what it about it. i don't i don't know i just never have liked them g23 is getting ready to get get banned um 
Nice seeing you. Nice knowing you. Just kidding. He said the Beatles are the world's worst band ever. Changed my mind. Uh, musicianship. I don't know. Um, George Harrison was a very average, maybe slightly above average lead guitar player. Um, I would say that if you've ever listened to just the pure bass lines of Paul McCartney, he was a hell of a bass player. Hell of a bass player. Uh, Ringo Starr, it is what it is. Now, musicianship, I would say very average band. What made the Beatles the Beatles is they changed music. I would say um, the greatest songwriting band ever, probably. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love. I'm a, I'm a Beatles guy. So um, two, two, three, seven shirt. Yeah, I don't know where I, I've had this shirt for a long, long time. But uh, let's see here. Um. Led Zeppelin, one of the best ever. See, I, you know, I, I, I'm not a huge Zeppelin fan. Um, I like Zeppelin. I, I, I hear a Zeppelin song. I'm not going to turn a channel, but I wouldn't go to their one of concerts. You know, they were going to come out. I wouldn't go to the concert. Um, Beatles and Elvis, one thousand percent overrated. Ah, you have your own opinion. The Beatles and Elvis. I would say that every musician, every musician, including R&B and hip-hop and all that, every musician today owes 25% each to the Beatles and Elvis of every dollar they make. Half of their money should go split between Elvis and the Beatles. Just saying. If they are a four-piece rock and roll band, that's the Beatles. If you're talking about a, 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 a solo artist that is able to cross into white America and black America, that's Elvis. So every hip-hop that's selling to white America Elvis started all that. So I, I I would say musically, possibly. Legacy? No. You can never, never overrated. Um, Elvis wrote the coattails. Okay. <laughs> there were some great artists back then. No doubt about it. You're talking about... Um, the only one this I never saw him, but from my understanding, people that have that were around for all of it, that said the only person that they've ever seen that could hang with Elvis as far as on stage and a show was Michael Jackson. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Graceland is epic. I've been there a bunch, and yeah, Graceland is awesome. Um. Is Eminem is basically Elvis. I think that to a certain extent, Eminem wouldn't have had the opportunities probably if Elvis hadn't come around. There's a lot of people that, once again, I was young when he died. I was like two years old when he died. But I'm just going by what everyone says, that Elvis changed everything. Between the Beatles and Elvis, they were movie stars in their prime. I mean, they, they did all of that. They... They created 
a sound. They created an idea. Um, and you can say what you want to about them, their instrument, their musicianship. You can say what you want to about whatever. You're never going to take away the influence Elvis had on the world, and you're never going to take away the, the influence that the Beatles had on the world. It is what it is. Um, Johnny Cash. Love Johnny Cash. One of my favorite. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis. So I guess back in the day, Jerry Lee Lewis and Johnny Cash and Elvis and all them, they all kind of toured the South and Mid-South together. Can you imagine, one, that show before they made it real big? And two, can you imagine the parties that that tour had? Holy hell, that could be that could have been fun. Um, let's see here. Um, every Elvis movie made money the box office. Oh, I'm sure they did. And, and just like every movie the Beatles put out. You could have put a box of dog turds with the Beatles name or the Elvis, and they'd sell out. Huey Lewis or Aaron Lewis. Okay, interesting. Um, both phenomenal voices. I'm going to pick Aaron Lewis. I'm going to say Aaron Lewis was stained. Um, I like the country album that he put out a few years back. But I love Aaron Lewis's voice when he was with Stained. Huey Lewis, I couldn't stand the music. Two bubblegum pop stuff. But Huey Lewis had a great voice. Um, but I would say uh, Aaron Lewis. If I had to choose one, I, would, I, I can listen to Stained a hell of a lot um, better than Huey Lewis's albums. Um, G Web says I have the dog turd album. It's it's okay. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, Stain was awesome, but Aaron Lewis, I love his voice. I'll tell you a voice that gets overlooked of the late seventies, early eighties, because of some of the music was iffy. I like a lot of their music. They became a little bit more pop bubblegum stuff in the early and mid eighties. But if you're talking about just pure voices, uh, what is Stained? It's a band. Look up Stained. Um, great. Is Aaron Huey's son? I don't think so. Um, but we're talking about just straight up voices. There are two voices. I answered one a couple weeks ago, and, and I said that I think that two of the, be the, the best voice, just pure voice, for a male in the 80s, I think, was George Michael. And you can say what you want to about him, his lifestyle, whatever. George Michael could flat out sing. I'll tell you another person that could just flat out sing was Daryl Hall of Hall & Oates. Daryl Hall, to this day, has an incredible voice. Um, Aaron Lewis and Kid Rock should team up. Ooh, I like that. I think Kid Rock is extremely talented. Uh, Steve Perry, once again, Steve Perry definitely is up there. He's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of 80s voices. Um, definitely. But I would say, yeah, Steve Perry's up there. I mean, I know it's crazy, but George Michael had a beautiful voice. Daryl Hall had a great voice. Um, Morrissey has had a, a beautiful voice. Huey Lewis had a great voice. 
Patton. So, all right, you got me. Who the hell is Mike Patton? Um, is he best known for? Oh, Faith No More. Okay, um, I didn't know his name honestly. I actually saw them. Um, gosh, was it ninety two? 93 so it was the guns and roses metallica faith no more i don't know if faith no more was always the opening band but when it came to dallas faith no more was the uh, open band um yeah faith no more uh mike pat I, I, I guess i didn't know his name great voice um weird shit but uh weird voice but yeah uh, i actually saw them they opened up um Faith No More, they, had, they they were good. They were, to me, they were the early 90s version of corn. And I'm not a big fan of corn, but I can appreciate corn. Does that make sense? I can appreciate what they are. I, I would never go to a concert for them specifically. But if they were at that concert, I would enjoy it. Kind of like I did with Faith No More. I went there and... Um, they opened up, I think that when I was there, it was Faith No More, Metallica, then Guns Roses during that leg. I guess Metallica and Guns Roses always kind of switched off of who the headliner was. In Dallas that year, it was uh, the Cotton Bowl. And I think GNR was, um, maybe they were headlining because they were late. You know, maybe Axel was late so bad that Metallica just went on before. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a big corn guy, but yeah, I think that. Yeah, Faith No More was kind of like a corn type band for me. Clover, are you back or I'm not sure what the hell's going on, with Clover. Um, let's see here. Um, look up his vocal raise. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I yeah. I, I just wasn't a big fan of all the music, but I, I I enjoyed them. Didn't definitely didn't dislike them. But yeah, I didn't know his name, Mike. So Mike Patton. Um, yeah, never Freddie Mercury. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Freddie Mercury. I for some reason we talked about this a couple weeks ago. For some reason, I don't know why. And they went all the way into the early '90s before he died. But when I think Queen, I think '70s. I, I think '70s, man. I don't think.
That was weird. Um, my phone, as you guys know, I run off of my phone, but my phone decided that it was going to update. Um, yeah, wanted to update right in the middle. So it turned my phone off and restart them. So yeah, it was what it is. Uh, yeah. So, uh, if this was a movie, it'd be frozen. Yeah. Uh, gremlins got me. No, my phone just decided it was going to restart and update. So Aaron Lewis is pro gun. Also, I, I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll take your word for that, which makes them even better. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. No, I, I get Cajun guy out there. says queen was 74 and 91. I get it. But when I think queen, I know most, of, a lot of their biggest hits were in like the early eighties. But when I think queen, for some reason, I think seventies band, uh, G said, I thought you were just singing a rust song. Um, yeah. Uh, blame it on Clover. Yeah. I don't know. Clover, Clover is, uh, AFK right now. So I don't know. It's uh, two hours. So we're, <laughs> we're getting ready to, to, uh, call this off anyways. But, um, yeah, thanks everyone for watching. I had a fun with this one. Go check out CloverTech. Um, not only CloverTech.com, he's got all of his gun stuff, but he actually has been doing a lot of stuff with uh, his baseball, football, basketball, hockey cards. He's got a new channel over there. If you're interested in that stuff, um, go check out CloverTech Cards. Um, CloverTech, I'll put this out in the chat we don't have his direct link yet that is clover tack cards go check that out he does a he, he puts out at least a video a day if not more than one but um he's doing some cool stuff if you like trading cards i've got my big baseball card guy um it's it's a really cool one but uh, go check out clover tack i don't know he's gonna be doing a live streams right now um he's supposed to be coming out with a video kind of updating what's going on with the channel and all that. But uh, be on the lookout for tomorrow or Thursday night for the, the nerd chat if we're going to have it. But, uh, yeah, CloverTech, go check him out. Thanks for him for coming on. Thanks, for everyone. It has been an awesome, awesome uh, discussion. Let me know down there in the comments if you're listening and re uh, re podcast or watch replay what your favorite gun of the last decade was um, and all of that. But uh, if you're out there, thank you so much for watching. We will see you next Tuesday night at 7 Central. Until next time, simplify.